0: Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my co-host sister and partner in Crime Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie, Hello. We're excited to be here with you. Uh, presenting another of our weekly cases. This is a cold read case. So when we do a cold read, that means that Katie doesn't know what I'm going to present to her. She has never read this case before. And I'm going to present the details of the case. And then I have some questions to ask her. And she's going to do a psychic read of what she feels really happened. And you guys are all going to recognize this case. If you are a hardcore true crime junkie, you know this case. Um, The point of this is not so, well, it, it is actually to see what actually happened because, well, maybe it is. We'll see what Katie has to say. Let me just say that. Okay. I'll be a little, I'll do a little vague booking on it. (laughs)
1: But first, Katie, how are you doing? I'm well. Yeah, doing good. Just, you know, one of our big focuses right now at my house is helping our senior get recruited to play college softball. We've been through this once in helping our son go play college football. And if you've never been through recruiting, it is the most exhausting, emotional, frustrating, elating, disappointing, you know. (laughs) Yeah situation you runs can't the game. imagine it runs the gamut yeah but we got some good news this morning um uh it's not she hasn't signed like it's not that good of news but uh you know we have we've had schools show interest it's really hard during covid because first of all a lot of school, schools really can't recruit right now uh but secondly nobody lost eligibility last year and so a lot of the schools that we're talking to the schools last year that had interest in her their rosters are just full they don't have yeah. any room for new players it's really tough for the mm-hmm. senior year to find a school uh, this mm-hmm. senior class to find a school but anyway so we're on the elated side right now i hopefully we just stay there you know? <laughs> no, oh my goodness with micah with football oh my hell and we went to so we traveled to so many schools for visits and for decision making uh, It is not for the faint of heart, I'm telling you. But anyway, we're riding on cloud nine this morning because we have a really important appointment coming up. And anyway, cross your fingers, y'all, please. (laughs) Right. This mom has enough gray hair. No kidding.
0: Oh, well, that is very exciting. I really hope that uh, this works out for her because it's a Montana Mm -hmm. school, which is nice. It's not that far away. Well, she's been working so hard,
1: so hard. You know, I she mean, has. she has for really. six years. She's been working so hard, but she really deserves to get to play college ball. She has she worked has. her butt off. And, and you know, as with Micah, I've always felt like they'll land where they need to be. Because it's certainly not just about playing their sport. It's about getting their education. And this kid is will be pre-law. And so she needs a good, solid school to, you know, start mm-hmm. out her education. So and I she know does. any team will be lucky to have her and any school will be lucky to have her. Oh, they will. we're just going to hold space that she goes to the right place for her to have the best experience she can. There you go. So that's how I am. How well, are you? <laughs>
0: you know, I'm really good. I'm really good. Um, I'm excited to present this case. This is a very famous case. You guys have all heard this case. Um, but I, I don't know if you've ever heard this case from a psychic perspective. And that's why I decided to do it. It, it is a, a um, listener, uh, requested case
1: mm-hmm. so this is the case of the murder of Heyman lee okay and to be fair i am not familiar at all now if you start laying out details and this sounds familiar i will certainly disclose that i don't think i'm familiar with this case at all but forward. okay so this is Heyman lee and i've just got a,
0: a picture of her if you're watching the video um hey lee is was a korean-american Uh, girl, she was a high school student. She was last seen alive. So she was 19 when she went missing. No, 18. Sorry, 18. She was born on October 15th, 1980. She went missing on January 13th, 1999. This is in Baltimore County, Maryland.
1: One more time her missing date. January 13th,
0: 1999 in Baltimore County, Maryland. So not in the city of Baltimore, but in the county of Baltimore. Apparently, that's an important distinction. Okay. So she was missing for four weeks, and her body was found in Leakin Park. L-E-A-K-I-N, Leakin. I've never heard that name before. Um, And it's believed that she was strangled. Uh, They determined that when her body was found. Okay. So let me give you some background. So Heyman Lee was born in South Korea in 1980, and she emigrated with her mother to the United States in 1992. She lived uh, with several family members, her grandparents and uncle her brother. They they had a, um, you know, a very large family in their home. They lived, they were a very traditional Korean family. She wasn't supposed to be dating. She was supposed to be putting all of her energy on school and focusing. She was a very good uh student. She was also an athlete. She pay, played lacrosse and field hockey. She went to a magnet school. Uh, it was wood, it was Woodlawn High School. And so it was a very um kind of prestigious high school for um overachieving kids. And she definitely was mm-hmm. an overachiever. She was also a normal teenager mm-hmm. who fell in love. She fell in love with Adnan Syed. Adnan Syed was also a student at the same school. He was a Muslim boy and he lived, they lived in kind of similar situations, even though they're from different places. He also lived with family, you know, extended family. His family was very um, conservative and he was not allowed to date either. He was supposed to be putting all of his energy and focus on school. Mm -hmm. But um, hey, not non uh, fell asleep, fell asleep, no, (laughs) fell in love. (laughs) And so for quite several months, while they were dating, they were sneaking around, they snuck around in order to be able to go to the prom together.
1: And they they would sneak around
0: to see each other in all different kinds of ways. And so they they had things like, okay, so this is back in 1999. You got to remember what technology was like in 99. They had pagers. (laughs) This, this part, this cracks me up. Okay. So they had (laughs) pagers. He would page her to let her know he was going to call her. So then she would pick up the phone and she would call the weather or the time. Cause you know, that used to be a thing that you did. You Mm -hmm. called a number and it would give you the weather forecast or you called a number and it would tell you the time. Mm -hmm. We remember this being nineties kids, but, um, so she would do that and just stay on the phone until he called. So the phone didn't ring. So she could just click and through on caller ID. They were okay. pretty sneaky. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the things that they know about the relationship between Hay and Adnan come from her journal. She wrote and wrote and wrote in her journal about him and about all the things that she was doing and her experiences and all this stuff. So they were for a while just crazy in love. And sneaking around to see each other and their parents had no idea. Their friends all knew. It was like they had these two lives. They had their lives at school and with each other. And then they had their home lives. Very different lives. After a while, Hayes started feeling guilty about sneaking around and lying to her parents. In her journal, she wrote about how badly she felt about lying to her mom so much. Mm -hmm. And she started really wondering if this relationship was a good idea because, you know, he's lying to his family. She's lying to hers. How is this really ever going to work out? You know, so she had kind of been thinking about ending the relationship and then they were at a school dance together and somehow, so Adnan, Adnan's brother, uh, in the um, documentary called uh, The Case Against Adnan Syed talks about the auntie network and this is um, like all of the older women in their from their mosque. Sure. And that was the auntie network. And the auntie network would call and, you know, tell on you. By the time you got home from school, your parents <laughs> already knew what you were sure. for because the auntie network knew. Mm-hmm. So somehow the word got to Adnan's family that he was dating this girl. So they mm-hmm. show up at the school dance and see them there together. Break them up. Big dramatic scene. Ends the relationship. It's just really... She's really broken hearted. So is he, but she's really thinking maybe this was for the best because, you know, this wasn't a healthy situation where they were just lying and sneaking around all the time. So then she starts dating someone else. She worked at LensCrafters and she started dating a coworker from LensCrafters. His name was Don. I want to get the picture of him up here her friends were kind of surprised when they saw a picture of him for the first time, because they thought that he was also a high school student. Oh, yeah. Um, it's quite obvious from the pictures that he is not. This is him in the picture. This white Mm -hmm. guy here, Um, she was dating him and her friends were kind of concerned about it because he's older. Here she is again saying she's madly in love with him. And he is obviously much older and she's, you know, sneaking around again. So because does she work with him? She works with him at Lenscraft. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So during the investigation of her death, a witness comes forward. And this witness is Jay Wilds he says that he had Adnan's cell phone on the day of the murder Adnan had just gotten a cell phone can you imagine what the cell phone looked like this was
1: 1999 yeah. mm-hmm. it was a brick yes, i had I a can. few of those domestic violence yeah it was a Nokia brick of some sort probably yeah yeah something like that yeah <laughs> so
0: he initially doesn't says the police tells the police he doesn't know anything about Hayes death but Adnan is obviously the um immediate suspects like they go they jump right on him there oh that's right there was also a an anonymous phone call to the police saying that they should focus on Adnan you know so they're trying to get his phone records off his cell phone which I can't even imagine what that must have been like yeah um at that time so anyway later he tells the police that Adnan had shown him Hayes body in the parking lot of a Best Buy and that he, Jay, had helped Adnan bury Lee in Lincoln Park around 7 p.m. that evening. This was the only proof, the only evidence that they had um, against Adnan at all. There was no physical evidence against Adnan um there was nothing to to show that he had been there there's actually there is a test there's witness testimony of um someone else and we'll get to that in a minute giving him an alibi but but there were lots of problems with adnan's case i want to show you a picture first of jay sorry so jay claims to be friends with adnan Jay claims to be friends with Adnan, says he was with him, helped him bury Hay in the park. OK, okay. there's no actual physical proof that this happened other than Jay saying it. Um, he has several there are several different versions of the story. And there's all these questions about. So there's this tape of him being interviewed by the police. And there in the tape, there are all these knocking and tapping sounds. And after a knocking or a tapping sound, Jay remembers what happens and then gives the information. So there is belief that the police were actually using some kind of code Mm -hmm. to prompt him to get the information they wanted, because they were very convinced that Adnan had done this. Even
1: though. This was some kind of, uh, I feel like Jay was, had gotten in trouble for something else and they basically gave him an option. That you can help us with this or this is what we're doing to you mm-hmm. okay i don't believe yeah. any bit of what jay said was true yeah
0: so jay is is their only evidence yeah he's all they got so they go to they go to trial
1: mm-hmm.
0: and his i'm not saying his attorney was christina gutierrez during the first trial the jurors overheard a sidebar between gutierrez and the judge and the judge in that sidebar was accusing gutierrez of lying after the judge heard or after the jury heard this they had to declare a mistrial so this was in 2000 so this uh, is wait Ron-
1: gutierrez is whose attorney uh odd non odd okay
0: so they had to declare a mistrial because basically they heard the judge accuse his attorney of lying.
1: So obviously
0: that might create some bias. So this is in the, in 2000. So this is about a year after um, Hayes' body is discovered. Sure. So about, well, no, I don't know. This is all in 2000. So they have a second trial. It lasts about six weeks And he is found guilty of first degree murder, kidnapping, false imprisonment and robbery. And he's sentenced to life in prison plus 30 years. So he appeals his conviction in 2003. Uh, That appeal was unsuccessful. He made another appeal for post-conviction relief in 2010. And this was because he alleged that he had ineffective counsel. Here's why. There is an alibi witness for Adnan Syed. This is Asia McLean. Asia McLean says that she was talking to Adnan in the library at school at the very time that prosecutors say Syed attacked um, Hay Mm -hmm. in the Best Buy parking lot. His attorney, Christina Gutierrez, never called this witness, never presented that case, that information as, you know, being part of his defense.
1: Was she a public defender or privately paid?
0: Ah, uh, privately paid. Her family hired. His family hired her. Hired her. Okay. So the judge um, denied that appeal, saying that, and I don't that this was part of her plan of his defense, the defense strategy, rather than incompetence. How it could be part of defense strategy to not to not present an alibi witness. I, I totally don't know. No, but I want to be really clear. And we need to remember that Syed is Muslim, right? And we can't be so naive as to think that there wasn't at least some bias against him. This was in, okay. So this was in 2010 So his first appeal was in 2003. I mean, pretty dang close to
1: Mm 9-11.
0: And and not saying that there hasn't been discrimination against Muslims prior to 9-11. There definitely has been. But I just have a lot of questions about why this was allowed to go on, why this excuse was allowed. How is it part of your defense to not present an alibi witness? That is
1: insane. Well, and why all of our energy was into prosecuting this one teenager whose means and motive were real shaky to be able to even pull this off right versus it's not like look at anybody at anybody else, else. yeah that's really right. really troubling yeah it
0: is so in february 2015 his um appeal goes clear to the Mar- goes to the Maryland Court of Special Appeals and they approve his application for a potential hearing on the admissibility of the um, alibi witness. Like, can we bring the alibi witness in or not? Yeah. So in May of 2015, um, they remanded the case to the circuit court for Baltimore City. So he has a new lawyer. Appeals lawyer is C. Justin Brown, and he filed that in August. Pertaining to cell phone evidence, he was saying that a newly recovered document showed that the cell tower evidence that was used by prosecutors, and this was the phone that was supposedly with Jay at the time, mm-hmm. um, that, that that evidence was misleading and should not have been used to trial. Now you got to remember that the way that that stuff is analyzed has changed dramatically right. from 99 and 2000 to mm-hmm. now. Uh, on November 6th of 2015, the Baltimore City Circuit Court Judge Martin Welsh, um, he ordered that Syed's post-conviction relief proceedings to determine eligibility for a new trial would be reopened in the interest of justice for all parties. So that hearing was originally scheduled to last two days. It lasted five days in February of 2016. Um, Asia McLean there was testified there that she had talked to him at the library on that day. Uh, She, you know, was there to alibi him. So on in June of 2016, Judge Welch granted Syed's request for a new trial and vacated his conviction. Uh, they ruled the Gutierrez rendered ineffective assistance when she failed to cross-examine the state's expert regarding the reliability of the cell tower location evidence. So basically, said you know what that what his attorney said about the cell sale, mm-hmm. about the cell tower evidence. So then this was appealed to the Maryland Court of Appeals, and that ruled that Syed did deserve a new trial. And this was because of the alibi witness issue with Asia McLean. So, you know, this whole time he's sitting in jail, he's sitting in prison this whole time. Um, But they did say that Asia McLean's um, testimony could have raised a reasonable doubt in the mind of at least one juror. Sure. So then this goes, you know, because the prosecution just keeps appealing higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So in March of 2019, the Maryland court of appeals on a four to three vote reversed the lower appellate court's ruling, effectively denying the new trial. Oh my God. Yeah. So here we've been through all of this to just be kicked back to the same thing. Um, Here's what they said. The court of appeals agreed that Syed's legal counsel was deficient, but ruled that it would not have been enough to have swayed the jury to change their decision. How could we know that? Because the evidence against him was strong. One guy with no corroboration was strong evidence.
1: Yeah, but they set the precedent of letting this one go back to trial because then what else are they going to have to do? Right. Wow. And they also um,
0: waived his right to reexamine the cell tower stuff. And so this went clear to the Supreme Court. On November 25th of 2019, the Supreme Court rejected his appeal for a new trial. So he is out of appeals. Regardless of when you hear this case and you hear what evidence they have and don't have, here's the other evidence that they don't have. There was no DNA testing done in 1999. Um, But there could have been. There could have been. There could have been. Okay. So the innocence project got involved in 2014 uh, because serial did the podcast. That was a, it was a 10 hour podcast on this case. And that's why I'm saying we're just cutting, we're just hitting the highlights because we know serial hit it hard. I'm more interested in what Katie has to say about her read on this case. So they did finally do in 2019, they tested multiple items that were tied to the murder including her and her car. And Syed's DNA was excluded from matching any of it. His DNA did not match. They yet again have nothing but Jay's testimony. And yet he sits in prison for the rest of his life because this guy, Jay Wilds, said he did it. Yeah. With no proof, no other proof of any kind. So that's the story. Basics. I know you guys will hit us with all kinds of stuff. It's okay. Don't worry. We're not looking for all of these specifics. What I want from you, Katie is did Adnan Syed kill her? No. Okay.
1: He loved her. He loved her. He was sad. He was sad that she moved on from him. But he wasn't mad. This kid was heartbroken and was also trying to move on. Um, his family also had her, him under a very strict lock and key after uh, what he had done. You know, they, they the anti-network, as it were, was keeping a very close eye on this kid because uh, of the dating situation. He he could not, would not, did not kill her. He had nothing to do with this.
0: Yeah. What do you think about the new boyfriend, Dawn? The guy that worked at Lens Crafters, do you think he had anything to do with this?
1: You know, I initially really wondered if he did. I believe that he did not. Okay. What about Jay Wilds? The guy uh, that not Syed into prison. Jay's a dumbass, but he was blackmailed by the police. Okay. You know, he was just blackmailed by the police. Sam was scared for his own safety and, frankly, Or what they were going to do to him. And I feel like they made some pretty great threats. About what they were going to do to him. And his family. you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, legally. For whatever they had on him. I think it was probably drug related. But uh, no. He didn't do it either. I don't think it was any of these players. I think that she was killed by a serial killer. And that. That wasn't even addressed. We didn't even take a look. At who Mm would have killed her. Because we were so busy. Wrongfully convicting the person who didn't. It's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's the laziest, laziest work in consideration. And it's so gross that the prosecution has fought so hard. You know, I mean, they obviously, in my mind, they obviously know that they have a weak case because they do not want this back in front of a jury, you know right They don't. And then they sure don't want to have to admit that, uh, you know, maybe there was some corruption here. That made it so easy to convict this teenage boy that he didn't he didn't have the means to do this. I mean, really, he didn't have anything that he would have needed to run her down and kill her and bury her in that park. Like he couldn't have done it. It's so stupid. I'm just my stomach hurts, honestly. Yeah. I know. There is a
0: huge international group of people who are as sickened by this case as we are, who are, have been fighting for Adnan Syed for 20 years. I'm holding space for a presidential
1: pardon for Adnan. mm -hmm. I think that's what will finally happen is that the, this case will finally get in front of the right set of eyes Mm -hmm. to be able to pardon him because he didn't do this. No, it's very clear that he didn't do this and it's very clear that some corruption
0: in the prosecution and the police were involved and they're terrified Mm -hmm. of a new trial. I think you're absolutely right with that. Why have they fought so hard? I mean, I understand why Adnan and his family are fighting so hard. They're literally fighting for his life. Sure.
1: Why has the prosecutor fought this hard? Because that's a scab they don't want torn off. They do not want what's underneath this to surface because it wouldn't just affect, it keeps hitting me that it wouldn't just affect Adnan's case. It would affect others. That this would just start the ball rolling on a bunch of bullshit, and so we're going to keep the lid on this one, no matter what. I do believe that she was killed by a serial killer. I don't think she knew the person who killed her. I don't think this is someone that uh, you know was involved in her in her life. I feel like this was someone who is is still killing that we have still not gotten a hold of, and that unfortunately, any you know clues that they might have left or any, you know, evidence that we might have had on that was, is gone and was completely uh, overlooked in our haste to convict Adnan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It surely feels like that. You know, I thought, still think that a police, the police's job is to investigate the crime wherever the evidence takes them. And this case seems to be a case in which, the evidence was created to come to the end that they
1: wanted. Mm -hmm. It was so easy. It was so easy. I do wonder if at some point in his life, Jay will finally spill.
0: He spoke to, so HBO did a documentary called the case against Adnan Syed. And in that case, in that interview, he did not. Mm -hmm. He denied, denied, denied 100%. Stood behind what he had said. He well, some he said something like, "If he's innocent, that has nothing to do with me." Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> here's what he said. He said anything that makes Adnan incident Adnan innocent doesn't involve me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He well, again changed his story and changed the time that they buried her body. Yeah. Yeah. He He did in 2019. Sorry, I'm going to validate you here because I missed this. mm -hmm. In 2019, he said that his statement about seeing the body at Best Buy came from the police.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: unfortunately, he has lied for so long that Adnan has run out of appeals. There's nothing left.
1: Right. And I mean, as a kid, Jay could not have known where all of the twists and turns this case would turn and how much this has also completely, uh, you know, taken over his life. But I feel like he was fighting for his life because the threats that were made to him by the police, I, you know, he did what he had to do to protect himself and his family and still is later in life. He'll spill later in life. He will, when he's safer and more, uh, you know, and ready to have this off of his chest. But I hope that by then, Adnan is free.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there is a huge movement to free him. I I believe that that has been put before other presidents for pardon. Mm -hmm. Hasn't gone that way quite yet. Although I do find it interesting now with uh, Kamala Harris as our new vice president, she is a former prosecutor. True. And if somebody got this case in front of her, I feel like she would be horrified mm-hmm. at what this young man was convicted based on. Yeah. And maybe we'll get some help.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Well, right. I'm yeah. holding space for that. I feel like that's his very best bet at this point. Mm-hmm. And there's no, really feels his up, own. So, yeah, that's his only bet. So do you feel that Hayes murder will ever be solved?
0: I mean, no. truly solved. No, I don't. Yeah, me either. Her family still firmly believes that Adnan killed her. Well, but they, really, they're about the only ones. I mean that there's there's such a huge movement, international movement, to free him. And you know, it's it's very you know, in the in the court of public opinion he didn't do it.
1: Well, they need and a when bill you look in, at the evidence. You know, they they need a bill and they need someone to hate, they need someone to be mad at, you know, their their grief needs somewhere to go. You yeah. can't really blame them for that. And, you know, obviously, uh, the the police, the prosecutors, they convinced them, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that it was yeah. him. Yeah. They, they so did. so the, the motive was that she had started dating someone else, I'm assuming? Is that um, where jealousy. this went? Yeah.
0: That's what they're saying. Jealousy. She was seeing someone else. And Um, there were questions about that. She might actually have been seeing this other guy that she worked with before she and Adnan broke up because she was really questioning their relationship before Mm -hmm. the, his parents discovered them together. Mm -hmm. And, you know.
1: Oh, I think she was I think they were friends, but I don't think she was actually like dating him. But Mm -hmm. what a tremendously sad case. Yeah. For both families.
0: Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Absolutely tragic. And now this young man sits in prison yeah. for life plus 30 years. Yeah.
1: At least and we're not you writing know, the clock on an execution.
0: No. Yeah. No, he it wasn't a, wasn't a, um, um, death sentence case, but yeah. At this point when the Supreme court has refused his appeal, I mean, there's nowhere left to go, but a presidential mm-hmm. pardon. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I feel like
1: it's time that we all start pushing for that. Yeah, I do. I I agree. It absolutely is. He deserves that. He does. He does. Though so that will be a very yeah. hard day for, for her family. family. Yeah, it will.
0: And I feel for them because I understand why they feel the way they do. I do. Of course. But I hate to see this. And I, I, really, I really don't doubt for one moment that his ethnicity and religion came into play. Oh 100%. in this case. A hundred percent. They were so convinced they he was been treated badly from day one. His his uh defense attorney. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. there was no eyewitness she didn't use her. Why? Right. It's horrifying.
1: Yep. Well, we can only imagine what life has been like for him in prison.
0: Yeah, I cannot imagine. Yeah. Well, that is the Hey Min Lee and Adnan Syed case. So thank you, Katie, for your read on that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. This is what our listeners have really been wanting us to do and talk about. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my my sense is right there with you that that none of the people in her life did this. This no. was a total stranger. And that the very unsubtle racism and religious discrimination in this case is horrifying.
1: Yep it is it's also just really disgusting that uh because all of our energy went to one person anything that they could have found that would help implicate who actually killed her is in the wind. He's in the wind 22 because years now. Th- this gone. is where confirmation bias becomes very dangerous so when much you, think you so already much. know. Yeah.
0: And this is what the police are not ever supposed to do. Yeah. They are supposed to Investigate with an open mind and never settle on one particular Suspect. Uh, perpetrator until yeah. they have evidence to back it up. Mm-hmm. And, and in evidence-based prosecution, not only do you need witnesses, but you need evidence that backs up the witness because witnesses can say anything. Right. As we know in this case. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Huh. All right. Well, I know. Sorry to end that on a blah note because it is. But you know, if you have any opportunity to write to your congresspeople, um, to write to our newly um inaugurated president, and vice president about this case, I feel like Katie's right that this is the place we have to go is pardon to see him released. Yep. And and a terrible wrong made right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, stay tuned for more great cases this week. And of course, you can find us on Facebook. We're True Crime Paranormal with our regular Facebook page and also our True Crime Paranormal Discussion Group, which is linked to our Facebook page. Come talk to us. Tell us what you think about this case or any other. And if you want to suggest a case to us, go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. And on the bottom of the page, you can suggest a case. And we love that. We keep a big long list of all the cases you guys send in Mm -hmm. and we're working our way through them. So thank you so much for being here and listening today. Thanks, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.